Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Well, friends, it's time to get your tickets punched. Tickets, tickets, everyone. Can't ride the train without a ticket. In case you hadn't guessed, we're going to take a little train ride today. A magical mystery tour on a voyage to diesel-powered nirvana. So climb on board and indulge us in a blast from the past. The days when the fabled Iron Horse was the only way to travel in style. All aboard! Now, I don't know how many of you grew up with a full-scale Lionel train layout in your basement. I wasn't one of those lucky ones. My cousin Ken was, though. He had a Lionel set up to die for. I can remember the one and only time I was actually invited down into his basement to witness for myself the majesty and the grandeur of a large, fully operational model train layout that took up a major part of their basement. He even had the special cars that unloaded milk cans, a locomotive that belched out real smoke, and the most amazing, carefully planned, meticulous attention to detail in just about every aspect of the layout, from track beds to picturesque mountain scenery. When I first saw this fantastic train layout, I began lobbying my old man to get one of my own. Of course, we didn't have the same resources as my cousin Ken, nor did we have the spare room in the basement. A lot of our cellar was taken up by my dad's workshop, as well as a large section devoted to indoor clotheslines, where my mom hung up the laundry on days when going outdoors wasn't possible. So I would have to be content with a rather small area in the northwestern section of the basement. But to make up for that, my old man crafted a wonderful little L-shaped wooden platform where I could start building my train layout. And like I said, we didn't have the same resources as my cousin, so rather than having a full-size Lionel system, I went with an HO gauge track layout that actually worked out much better in the small space that I was working with. When it was all finished, my model train layout was an absolute masterpiece. It had little houses and neighborhoods all built to scale, lots of special rail cars like the milk can loader and a missile launcher, and it even had street lighting, a gas station, little trees and bushes, and best of all, to pay homage to our family, I named everything in this little town after all our relatives. So we had Mount Andrew, Lake Anne, Steve's Convenience Store, John Coe Cement Company, and more. Now, I'm no electrical engineer, I can assure you of that. So I was especially proud of the electrical wiring system that I came up with to power my little model railroad. We even had alternate side of the street lighting, so you could switch off the street lamps in half the town to simulate a power outage, just like the great New York City blackout of 1977. Cool. So friends, as you can guess, for a short time, I was a certifiable model railroad nerd. I even printed up fake schedules so the commuters on my rail line would know when the passenger trains were arriving or departing. <laughs> As I grew older, of course, just like any kid my age, I began losing interest in model railroading, especially since I began to experience what real-life commuting was all about. It's no piece of cake, I can tell you that. Taking a train from my little hometown of Linden, New Jersey, to the Big Apple, New York City, can sometimes be a rather grueling ordeal. And since the Penn Central Railroad went right through the industrial neighborhoods of Newark, New Jersey, 
we were exposed to some of the worst urban blight you can ever imagine. Whoa! To be honest, not all of the properties that fronted the rail line were in that bad shape. In fact, my grandparents' house in Bayonne, New Jersey, had a backyard that overlooked the main line of the Central Railroad of New Jersey. And my grandfather, proud urban farmer that he was, devoted his entire backyard to cultivating a small tomato farm which took up every square inch of their yard. As I recall, he raised some of the tastiest, most delicious Jersey tomatoes that I've ever had. What was his secret? Actually, I think it was the diesel fumes from the daily commuter trains that did the trick. <laughs> they were much more powerful than any commercial fertilizer that you could buy in the store. <laughs> but I digress. Hey, here's an interesting tidbit of knowledge. You know what else you can do when you live near a major railroad like that? You can squish pennies. That's right, you heard me. I had a friend who showed me how he would lay a single copper penny on the rail. When no trains were coming, of course. And then later in the day, after a few passenger and freight trains had gone by, he'd go back and retrieve his new work of art. A masterfully made, carefully engineered, squished penny that he could take to school and show off to all our classmates. It was so well squished, you could no longer make out any details whatsoever. No Lincoln head, no lettering, no Lincoln memorial, nothing. And you wonder what we kids did for fun in those days before video games and internet. Well, let me tell you, it was a whole different world, believe me. But probably one of the most memorable train stories I have from those years involved my high school buddies, Bert, Ike, Chip, and Joey. As I've mentioned before, they were rather famous for their crazy escapades. And this adventure was no different. Like always, I've saved the best for last. One night, when they were looking for something to do, they all met up at the local Dunkin' Donuts. Now I should mention that this was another one of those times when I was not around, for one reason or another. So what I'm about to tell you is definitely second-hand information, so take it all with a grain of salt. Some of their stories do tend to be rather exaggerated, and maybe even too fantastical to believe. But I'll let you be the judge of that. So there they were at the Dunkin' Donuts, and one of them got the bright idea to take their sack of donuts down to the Linden train station. Whatever on earth for, you may wonder. Well, when you're dealing with adolescent boys and raging hormones, do you really need to know the answer to that question? Let's just say it was another bit of performance art in the making. When they got to the train station, they all sat patiently on the platform, waiting for the next train to arrive. Some of them were just enjoying their donuts. The others were saving theirs for some yet undisclosed higher purpose. The first train to go by was a freight train, so it was a sure bet that it wouldn't be making any stops in Linden. As the train sped by, one of the guys, I think it was Bert, decided to throw a donut at the passing train. At first, the others thought it was rather funny, but then, like the adolescents that they were, they quickly turned on a dime and began ragging on Bert, teasing him for such a foolish stunt. What are you thinking of, they said. That was such a waste of a perfectly good donut. Yeah. So they waited some more. The tracks were rather quiet for a while except for one express train from Trenton, obviously heading north to the city. 
Since that was way on the other side of the rail line, three or four tracks away, out of their reach, they just decided to let it go by without any further action. But then finally, a local commuter train finally pulled into the station. It stopped, passengers disembarked, all rushing to their respective cars in the parking lot, and as is the custom, one of the conductors got out as well, standing by the side of the train to supervise the proceedings. And it was then that a sudden, unexpected brainstorm blew in, hitting Joey with all the subtlety of a 2 by 4 Joey reached into the sack of donuts, extracted the last chocolate cruller, walked up to the conductor, and then presented him with this token of their appreciation. The conductor didn't quite know what to make of the surprise gift. So he politely smiled, thanked Joey, and then, clutching the donut in one hand and waving to the engineer with the other one, he yelled, All aboard! And signaled for the train to get underway, hopping up into the car just in the nick of time. Now how true that story is, I'll never know. But it was one of those tales that we'll just have to take on faith. But it does go to show you, in this day and age of hardened, cynical, urban dwellers, there are occasionally some kind souls that will give you the last donut in their bag, just for doing your job. You've been listening to A Look Behind in Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.